1: You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading and funny show in America on air and on the world wide web. This is The Rob Carson Show.
2: I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. Happy Monday. How are you? If you're just joining us, thank you for joining us. I do appreciate that. Uh, coming up later this hour is Dennis Neal. He's a media strategist and a podcast host. And we're going to talk about the war on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is finding out what happens when you are in America and you are powerful and you are not on the team. Uh Uh-uh, they don't like you if you don't fall in line. So they are not happy with Elon Musk. Uh, Next hour, Liz Peek joins us to go over uh, Trump being back in court, Jamal Bowman, uh, Gates versus McCarthy, and so on. But we were just talking about um, RFK Jr. teasing a third-party run. Now, it's interesting because... (laughs) Both sides are saying that they're going to benefit from him teasing a third party run. But here's the deal. We all know somebody who says that they're not going to uh, vote for Trump because he's mean. They're just never Trumpers. They voted for him in 2016, and now he turned out to be mean, and they don't like all of the, the craziness surrounding Trump. Craziness surrounding Trump was created by the media. Don't be fooled. It was created by the media. If you allow yourself to, if you allow it to get to you, you need to just suss through it and say, look, I know this is BS. And you can't let them control you with BS. You just can't. That's for the low information people. You're not a low information person, and if you feel you are, then maybe you know take a couple of minutes every now and then to to you know peruse through some news, go through Twitter. I look at I look at left leaning sites, right leaning sites. I scroll through Twitter and just just see what's out there. Broaden your your input, and I think maybe that that whole. what what people are calling noise and chaos surrounding Trump is really created noise and chaos surrounding Trump so that he can't lead. And so that you hate him and they influence your vote that way. 1-800-922-6680. Uh, I want to go back to what we were just talking about the first hour, which is Trump going back to court in New York. Christopher and Catonsville would like to jump in on that. Hey, Chris, you are on the Rob Carson show. Happy Monday.
3: Oh, happy Monday. Hail Mary. Um, (laughs) the <laughs> uh, New York thing is um, just total, like the first guy was saying, just total uh, big, huge waste of everybody's money. And as far as RFK, he's not taking my vote away from Trump, so that's a, all I can do about that, you know. And but, I wanted to so, so something here's something really the... quick that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that sparked in me when you said you have to get the words right. And then we had the author guy and everything, and um, Rob's superhero, the black one from Schoolhouse Rock, The Verb, he tells me that uh, hate in front of crime is either two nouns or short for "I hate crime." <laughs> and uh, I love.
2: They, they some should some bring Athens Schoolhouse Rock back. Am I? Am I the only one who misses Schoolhouse Rock? Oh I loved gosh. that show.
3: They should have never took it away. That's why they can get away with these things now.
2: It is. I, I turned my nieces on to that. I bought all the DVD. I bought them, Um, I forget which one I bought first, mm-hmm. and, and probably Grammar Rock, you know, whichever the first one was, and I brought them that when they were kids, and they loved it, so we just t- kept getting more that's, and more and more of them for them, all the words and now, uh, they know, thought I mean, it was fantastic. It, what a great way to teach like, kids.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They can, they can destroy all the words now and make things up, like absentee voting, which is kind of, sort of, if you're thinking about it, if you're buying words, it's about as worth, as, like, uh, consensual rape, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah. The now, I'm um, just to,
3: nobody buys that.
2: Right. So so very quickly, while you're on the phone here, since you brought you, you hearken back to Donald Trump. Let me give you a little update while you're on the phone. Trump's yes, attorney, thanks. Christopher he Keis, mm-hmm. uh, declared that. Tr- He declared that Trump's financial statements contained no false entries and that prosecutors were relying on the word of a known liar, Michael Cohen, to establish wrongdoing. Kais reiterated statements from Trump himself that there were no victims in the alleged fraud as well the pros the, hold on the prosecutors asserted that Trump and his associates knowingly submitted false financial statements pointing to testimony from Cohen because Michael Cohen testified against Trump well of course he did because Michael Cohen hates Trump right now uh, the prosecution played a clip of Cohen stating that Trump would regularly task him and other lawyers with inflating his net worth even if only to raise his placement on the Forbes wealth list Cohen went on to testify that he witnesses this behavior on a regular basis from 2011 to 2015 so the Forbes wealth Wealth list. If someone intentionally inflates their net worth just to get higher up on the Forbes wealth list, is that a crime?
3: Uh, not that I know of, but I don't appreciate that Michael Cohen's uh, um, giving out like uh, you know private lawyer stuff in court.
2: Well, he's a witness, so oh, I
3: know. Yeah, true enough. But that, I mean, isn't that kind of sleazy way to get around
2: that? Wait, okay, okay can I just does that, does that? Does anybody think Michael Cohen's not kind of sleazy at this point in the game?
3: Ah, oh, you're right about that. Yeah, what am I thinking? Know, but uh, um,
2: I I, I I was like that I train that uh, train left the like station you, a couple of years ago.
3: <laughs> right. if you really want a victimist crime, you just taught you just um that's what you're talking about there, if it's the you know
2: yeah. If he did listen, if he inflated the value in not order to violence. get larger loans and then didn't repay those loans, that's a crime. But the banks would have gone after him, and he would have been prosecuted for committing a crime, for not repaying the loans, you know, because he's not a student, and Joe Biden's not just going to quote unquote, forgive them. So the re- so that would have been a crime.
3: and there is none here.
2: Well, they're going to take what I think they want two hundred and fifty million as a fine for lying.
3: Oh, a fine! Oh, oh, for lying! Oh, 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 oh! Oh my gosh, for lying! Just, just. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So they can go. So oh wow, everybody, watch out what you say. You might not even know you're lying, and huh, years later they're going to come after you.
2: Well, th- and that—that's the thing I say to my husband all the time. Well, I'm sure we're on some watch list somewhere in you know? L.A. <laughs> That, that ship sailed as well. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very scary. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And you have a fantastic week. So um, RFK Jr., as I said, uh, looks like he's planning to announce an independent run. His campaign machine is now planning attack ads against the Democrat, the DNC, in order to pave the way for his announcement in Philadelphia about running as an independent. Now, this is an exclusive reviewed by Mediaite. Bobby feels that the DNC is changing the rules to exclude his candidacy, so an independent run is the only way to go, according to a Kennedy Kennedy campaign insider telling Mediaite. Which is true. The DNC is trying to rig it so that Joe Biden automatically gets the nomination. They see RFK Jr. as a threat. But here's the thing. I see never-Trumpers saying, I can vote for Bobby Kennedy. I like a lot of the things he has to say. I know he's a Democrat, but he's a a good Democrat, and voting for him. I see the people who are disillusioned with Biden voting for RFK. Now, he would be an independent, which I think makes it more palatable for Republicans who don't like Trump to vote for him, because he would not be a Democrat. Now, does that preclude him from going back to the Democrat Party? No, it doesn't. Does that preclude him from um, governing like a Democrat? No, it doesn't. So that's where the scariness comes in here. And he says that he takes more votes away from the Republicans than he does from the Democrats. one 800 we will have Trump updates throughout the show. Monty in North Dakota would like to join us on that. Monty, you're on The Rob Carson Show. Hi.
4: Hi mary i think it's really disgusting that no one has sat grand juries and uh you know issued warrants probably even bounties for james braggs all these crackpots this new york judge they're obvious cases of election interference and no one's doing anything and if they are doing election interference, then they're violating other laws, too, like probably RICO laws and also uh, U.S. Code 18, Section 242, violations of rights under color of law. That's a felony. So you have all these things happening against Trump, and none of the local DAs are doing a damn thing.
2: I would assume most of the local DAs in New York are liberal. Excuse me? I, I would assume most of the local DAs in New York are liberal.
4: Yeah, I don't care about New York. I'm talking about where anyone is sitting. When I get back to my county, I'm a truck driver, so right now I'm out of my county. When I get back to my county, I'm going to hold a meeting. I don't know how many people are going to attend, but I'm going to ask the DA what he has done. Has he sat a grand jury to look into election interference? Because guess what? The elections happen in my county. It's true. The election interference is happening in my county against the citizens of my county. The DA is responsible for those laws, he can issue, hey, guess what? All these people that are down there in Georgia, they're issuing uh, subpoenas and things for people all over the country. Guess what? That's a two-way street. If you see the grand jury somewhat election interference, right, and the jury comes back with a, uh, uh, a recommendation to prosecute, then you issue a warrant and a bounty. And you don't worry about anything else. You let them worry about it. You let the bounty hunters worry about it. You let them worry about it. Get some lawyers. Hey, put put up a couple of million dollars to these people, uh, James and Bragg and all the rest. Let them put up a couple of million dollars for their lawyers. But no one's doing that. And my county, they will do it as soon as I get back down there. They will do it because I'm having meetings, and we're going to see where the people stand. And if the DA does not want to do that, I'm going to request that he vacate the office immediately, get someone in there who does.
2: You know, it's interesting, though, because I don't know how you prove election interference. How do you prove that them doing something like this is election interference? I don't know how you prove that.
4: Okay, let me tell you. Let, 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 me tell you. Let, let me tell you how. I go into okay. office, right, and I sign a piece of paper. It's called an affidavit. The affidavit says, before I was planning on voting for President Trump, right? And now I don't know if I'm going to vote for him because I don't know if he's going to be in jail or not. I don't know if he's going to be broke. Is he going to be in court the whole time? How am I supposed to vote for somebody that is leading in the polls, that is the legitimate president, and we don't know if he's even going to be on the ballot? There's there's all kinds of things. People want to take him off the ballots, don't want to put him on. That's election interference. And, hey, guess what? We need to have the grand jury sat and let them figure it out. Let them figure it out.
2: Yeah, well, there and to your point, there appears, to, according to PJ Media, there appears to be evidence that Special Counsel Jack Smith, you know, who has, indi- has indicted Trump twice, may have coordinated with the White House Counsel's Office just a couple of weeks before Trump was indicted over the classified documents issue, according to a report from the New York Post. White House visitors' logs show that Jay Bratt, who is Smith's staff, met with the then Deputy Chief of Staff for the White House's. White House counsel's office at 10 a.m. on March 31st 2023 and they were joined by an FBI agent in the Washington field office um, as well and just two months later Trump was indicted so right there it looks like there's um, a a look of some kind of collusion and because I remember I want to say Giuliani came out and said it was suspicious but somebody else came out I don't know if it was James Comer or what but my hope at this point is in James Comer, Jim Jordan and Chuck, um, Chuck Grassley, and and some of the others. But you bring up a great point, Monty. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Thank you for joining me. Um, let's go to Bill in Columbia. Bill talking about RFK Jr. possibly switching parties. Bill, you're on The Rob Carson Show. Hi. Happy Monday.
5: Thank you for taking my call. There is sure. no way that RFK Jr. can possibly become president of the United States. It's not going to happen. What is likely to happen, however, Democrats are very solid. They're very unified.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
5: think they're going to defect and vote for RFK. Jr. What I see happening is, is Republicans, who are disaffected with Donald Trump, turning and
4: voting for RFK Jr., as you mentioned. By doing that, they're going to reelect Biden overwhelmingly. What's your thoughts
2: I, I agree with you. I, I absolutely. Agree. I know some of these people who have just lost their mind for whatever reason. They have Trump derangement syndrome, and they voted for him in twenty sixteen because they think he's mean and oh this and that. When I and when you when you push them, when you press them, and go, okay, well. What did he do like what did you what what's better under Biden that wasn't better under trump and they'll say, well you know no that's that's not it, at least it was calm at least at least there there's there's it's not chaos going on now, at least it's calm. I'm like, oh, so because the media is not hammering it, the corruption and everything's cool because at least you feel calmer you know there there's no there's no it's a feeling they've, they've started to vote based on feelings like liberals do, as opposed to facts. They can no longer separate how they feel with th- what the facts are. They just can't do it. And I'm shocked at the number of people I know who feel that way. I keep telling. Them, so Trump may be mean or you may not like him, but he's not coming over for dinner. So why do you care? Right? Like who cares? As long as as long as gas goes back to the prices it was before, right? And as long as we're more energy independent, he can be as nasty and mean as he wants for all I care. But they don't feel that way. So I think you've got a point. I, I really do. I think it's a great point. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate you joining us. one eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Take more of your calls coming up on the Rob Carson show. Mary Walter in for Rob Carson on The Rob Carson Show, 1-800-922-6680. We're talking about whether uh, RFK Jr. launching a third-party run will hurt Donald Trump more or will hurt Joe Biden more. Now, I've been making a case that it'll hurt Donald Trump, but I can also make the case that it'll hurt Joe Biden. You know what, I wonder, because, because I think that there are independents, you know, there are independents out there that just can't stand Donald Trump, so they're going to vote for Joe Biden, or they're going to sit it out. If you give them a third party, a third option, that is neither Republican or Democrat, the people who are disgusted and sick with both parties may just vote for him. I can see the appeal in RFK, I truly can. I got to tell you, though, they put Donald Trump in jail, I'm voting for him, I'll vote for him twice. Joking. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, But, yeah, they put him in jail. I I don't care. I'm voting for Donald Trump no matter what. All right, David in Virginia, how about you? You're on The Rob Carson Show. Does it hurt Trump or Biden more?
6: Oh, I think it hurts Trump much more. If you were to disguise their voices, you could really not tell a a Kennedy speech from a Trump speech. On so many policy items, he's right along with Mm -hmm. Trump, you know. um, Secure borders, he's recognize that Zelensky is a criminal and you know he's he's arrested journalists in ukraine he's banned political parties he knows that we shouldn't be in there the only big question mark about kennedy is that he was an environmental lawyer for many many years would he be a good environmentalist or a crazy environmentalist i do not know
2: yeah That's that's a great question, but that is something. Listen, if he gets a nominee, he's not going to get the nomination, but if he is running as a legit third party, he'll be included in the debates. Now, Joe Biden, I have no, no, um, I I guess, illusions of Joe Biden debating. They're going to run him from the basement again. Joe will do one debate if they're lucky. Uh, listen, I don't even know if Trump's gonna debate. I wish Trump would debate, I think he needs to debate, but they are doing their best to keep him tied up in court. That's the game right now, is take Trump off the campaign trail to keep him tied up in court. He has to have some of these cases delayed and they denied him that. And they denied him that on purpose, because again, they, they wanna keep him off the campaign trail. They want This is about influencing the election and hobbling their political opponents. So Trump may not even debate. So I don't even know if there are going to be debates this time around, which would be crazy.
6: People that are for Biden at this point, you know, they are hardcore globalists. They are hardcore communists. How could you be for that person who just stumbles around? You know, he he, he isn't making any decisions on his own. He is controlled by, by people, probably Klaus Schwab over in the World Economic Forum and worse people than him. You know, Biden is not. Running the show,
2: and I know people who think he's doing a great job. They will sit there and tell you he's doing a great job, and they're like, "Oh, it's we, we're respected in the world again. Other countries love us. He's so much <laughs> better than Trump. Trump was an embarrassment." and And they look at us and they laugh, you know. So it's hard to see that because we think we're right and they're wrong. But they believe just as I, I guess as passionately, that we're right. we're wrong, and they're right. You, you see what I'm saying. So we can sit and we can laugh at them and think that they're crazy people, but I they know, do the I same know, with us they, when they're with they, when they they're know, among they're, friends.
6: They're not examining, you know, policy. Trump had great policies. They, they are hardcore communists, and they really want to destroy the country, and that's just about all there is to it.
2: Yeah, no I I kind of I kind of agree with you and I don't know if they want to thank you so much I appreciate you joining me David I don't know if they want to destroy the country purposely or if they just think anything but Trump that's all they can do I don't understand like as I I do politics is my job right so I can't get emotionally involved in it I, I can't on a on a private level do I listen I I just look at Trump and I, I look at Biden so I try to look at this because of my job I can't get emotionally involved or I'll, I'll be a crazy person so I try to look at both sides. Like I said, it's very important to me to be involved in both sides. I don't want to be a partisan. And I say, well, I had more money under Trump. So there you go. There's my vote. Uh, coming up, Dennis Neal, media strategist, joining us next on the war on Elon Musk and what's happening to free speech in this country. That's coming up next on The Rob Carson Show. Walter, with you in for Rob Carson on the Rob Carson show. Rob is back with you tomorrow. You can find me on Twitter at Mary Walter radio. And t- today between 430 and five o'clock, 435, actually, I will be on Newsmax TV with Chris Salcedo and Michael Reagan. So, uh, you know, pop on in, say hello. I'm going to look really tired though. I'm telling you because I did a morning show this morning and my butt was up at like 4 a.m. So, you know, don't judge going to look tired. I'm just telling you now. Uh, Let's go to our guest, Dennis Neal on the Newsmax hotline. He's a media strategist and host of What's Bugging Me, the podcast. Find him on Twitter at Dennis Neal, K-N-E-A-L-E. Dennis, thank you for joining me. Hi.
5: Well, hello, Mary. It's a pleasure to to meet you and to talk with you. And you know, in terms of you're getting up at 4 a.m. and doing the early morning show and then doing this and going on my favorite network, Newsmax, later today, you know what you just keep on going cuz sometimes you got to feed the legend even when it isn't hungry that's the secret
2: there you go i just wish i were younger that's all i'm going to say
5: <laughs> well i just i wonder you. if it would I bother mean, me as much we are younger you know you just are younger you sound filled with life so anyway what's bugging you today well,
2: that, what's bugging me today yeah that is the name of the podcast what's bugging me uh yeah, yeah people people in general bug the living bejesus side. i me. Mean, so i don't go outside because it's very peopley out there um it, so when t- elon musk is is one of the things you have a piece on elon musk is transforming twitter and not killing it because a lot of people are saying oh elon musk if you're on twitter or x whatever the heck it's called now um this is why i'm too old for the name changes it's twitter we tweet we tweeted he sent out a tweet what it, yeah. I, you can't just change it now at this stage of the game for me right so but right. i keep seeing people saying that on twitter that like oh this is terrible this place is horrible it's full of hate speech it's full of nazis It's white supremacists and when i ask people i'm like how many white supremacists are there in the new u.s they can never right. tell me like there's a lot i'm like well right. i don't know how Where many i mean they? how many should, how many are there out there i need to know yeah. how afraid i should be they can never tell you but they... apparently go yeah, ahead, go ahead. No, they're apparently all on Twitter, if that's all I know. But Elon Musk, you say, though, isn't killing Twitter. He's not making it more dangerous. Why do you say that?
5: Well, my gosh, look at the numbers. Because you know what? I, it's, it's not enough to have a point of view. You've got to back it up with facts and stats. And when he took over Twitter, Elon Musk, in October, late October of last year, about 350 million uh, monthly active users. Now it's up to 550 million. When he took over Twitter, if you look at whatever the level of hate speech is, and you look at their internal data, it shows that hate speech is actually down by a third at a time when groups like the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, have been going to advertisers. uh, And some of these groups that are pressuring advertisers are indeed funded by Soros-funded organizations and telling advertisers to remove their ads. And so that Twitter ads were down 50% 50% revenue after Musk took over simply because they went after him in a campaign, even though weeks later the Twitter platform hosted 147 billion impressions on the World Cup football playoffs, uh, you know, the soccer, and, and and advertisers missed out on that. Now, you know, one study came out, and all the media loved to quote it, uh, uh, anti-Semitic speech, uh, hate, hate speeches up on Twitter. Yeah. And it was because an organization, Mary, clocked it for a few weeks after the takeover and said, oh my gosh, in a single week, comments went from 6,000 anti-Semitic comments to 12,000. That's doubling. Well, it turns out for that to happen in a single week is nothing. There's 6,000 posts every single second, 24-7 that go onto Twitter. So what are you talking about? What are you even worried about? 12,000 anti-Semitic posts. Who cares? And what's really happening, Mary, is it's an all-out effort by government, the Democrat Party, and the media to punish Elon Musk and silence him. Mary, right now, Elon Musk and his companies are under attack from the government on seven different battlefronts. And this is for a guy who took all of three days off last year. He works 24-7 I do believe he wants to make the world a better place. He's actually doing something about it, and our government keeps trying to crush him.
2: Well, because the government got to weaponize social media, they they literally violated the constitution by going uh, through back channels and getting Twitter and Facebook and others to take down speech that they didn't want up there and it's these companies illegal. bent the knee and did it and acted on behalf of the government that is illegal but they know that they're not going to be punished and that's the part that drives me absolutely crazy there's never any kind of punishment or repercussion and they know it it's like Jamal Bowman you know pulling the fire the fire alarm He knows what he did is wrong, but he knows he's never good there's gonna be no punishment for it. So there's no negative for them to do this. So but I have a question before we go any further, is you you say that they're clocking hate speech and it went it doubled, whatever. What's hate speech and how do we know what it is and isn't that a very subjective thing what you think is hate speech? I may not think is hate speech.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And remember the the epic takedown Elon Musk had with a BBC reporter. Who opened the interview some, some a couple months ago, saying, "Well, I, I think I, I personally, yes, have seen hate speech." It goes up, and then he's unable to name a single example of it, and then he admits he doesn't read the feed at all. And then he says, "Well, other people say it," and and it's just a canard. It's a myth. But more than that, if you don't like the hate speech that you happen to see, simply go to another account, block that account, don't even follow yes. it. I mean, I mean, this whole thing that you know, the two most dangerous words to America today are quote. Harmful content close quote. We, we we now believe and even journalists I was a journalist for thirty years and I talk to journals now. They believe that words printed on a page, words printed in pixels on a screen can leap up off that page and smack you in the face. They can hurt you. They're harmful. No, they're not. You decide whether the words harm you, you decide how to react to it, and you can decide whether to bother even reading it. And yet our government is out to strangle speech and stop any speech they don't like. And where are the media? Mary, I wrote 15 different columns for three or four different platforms about the Twitter Files expose. That is more than the entire staff of the New York Times and the entire staff of the Washington Post wrote combined about the Twitter Files. Why aren't the media upset about this wholesale government invasion on our right to free speech?
2: Well, you've seen this play before, Mrs. Lincoln, right? They sit there and applaud because they want to be the darlings of the oppressors because they think that they'll eat them last. But in every society, who do they come for first when they finally get full power, when they finally disarm people, when they finally take away their ways, their ability to defend themselves? Who do they come for first? They come for the teachers. They come for the intelligentsia. They come for the media and they yeah. do, they learn nothing from history, and they're all going to stand there and be fully shocked that they're next on the firing line.
5: And and, and, the, and the the founders made the First Amendment the First Amendment for a key reason, because, you know, if, if you destroy free speech, then you destroy dissent. You destroy any ability to stand up and fight back and be heard. And this is something we talk about a lot on What's Bugging Me. Now, I had a First Amendment lawyer who's handled 300 almost cases for the media representing the networks, representing the New York Times, etc. A couple of them went to the Supreme Court, and this First Amendment lawyer, wonderful guy Tom Julin at Gunster down in Miami, he points out that government also has a First Amendment right to tell the social media platforms, "Hey man, we think that you're being bad by printing this anti-vaccine information. We think you should do this and this." That that they have that right, and yet. When government comes to your business and files a suggestion or request, is it ever really a request? It's an order. And government ought to stay the heck out of it and instead increase government speech. If you're upset about the messages on Twitter about vaccines, then, you know, spend an extra $100 or extra billion on advertising and have your own speech. Don't try to control my speech. And, Mary, I take it personally because for years since I left Fox News where I was an anchor, I left in 2014 – and uh, then I couldn't find another big media job for years. My Twitter account has been kind of shadow banned, and and my, my messages are muzzled. And I am not frankly,
2: what are they doing? Right. I listen. I well, l- let me ask you about this because because Elon Musk also go got rid of the election integrity team, which a lot of people are very upset about. And yeah. so this goes, <laughs> th- but this goes to the whole shadow ban thing, right? So. Yeah, because it's so not he, the election if,
5: integrity team. It's the team, you know, making sh- to making sure they ensure that there isn't integrity and that the conservative voices cannot get out. It's a bunch of incumbents. That's why you fired him, right? I mean, what a great move. But then the media turn it against them, and they act as if the election integrity team. My gosh, it's so cynical. It's like Christopher Buckley's novel, Thank You for Smoking, where he's got these characters, fictional characters who run the gun lobby and the alcohol lobby. And they've got all these – it's like the the Inflation Reduction Act. Is that what it was called? Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act, which fueled inflation. Yeah, that's what this is, the integrity team.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and he and good for Elon Musk. See, we need more people like Elon Musk and Donald Trump. Although they are doing their best to destroy Donald Trump right now, as we speak. Exactly. You know, we're going to take everything we can away from this man, um, and because we know that the media will support us, and I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame, and I will rise higher in the party. That's what's happening here, uh, but and Elon Musk. They'll come after him, too. I mean, I'm sure if they do this to Trump, they'll do this to Elon Musk. But Elon Musk has the money to be able to not care, whereas you or me, we don't have that kind of money that they can very quickly, with lawfare, destroy us, just like they did to Michael Flynn. Right, right. They they and, destroyed and, Michael Flynn. They threatened him. We said we're going to go after your son. They put, brought the full power of the state down on him, and they know that um, there is a group of society that isn't capable of thinking for themselves or discerning their feelings from facts, and will cheer it on because again, they think that they'll be eaten last. They're going to go after I, I my enemy. They're going you. after my enemy.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. And that that thing about getting eaten last, yeah, you can see that. You can see things like. I think liberals and the media are starting to turn on their man, Dirty Joe Biden. I think we're seeing more stories questioning some of the the corruption stuff going on. We're seeing more stories about his age when Axios, which, you know, views itself as real insidey and so, you know, uh, trenchant, but actually is just another liberal outpost of the media when it prints a story saying, hey, they're they're working with them on how not to fall and how not to stumble. You know, my 85 year old mom who keeps falling and hurting herself a lot, she's in that same kind of therapy. When Axios print a story like that, that has to be leaked to them by Biden handlers, and that's not complimentary to the president. And, and, and I think that, that some of them want them out, and so the, the media eventually will turn on Biden and, and his people as well, because the fire, you, you go to set the fire, and then you end up you know getting set on, on fire yourself.
2: Right. Exactly. And that's what people are afraid of. All of this is sending a message. You know, Jamal Bowman uh, does breaks the same law, violates the same law that January six people were charged with violating. And because they're not part of the ruling elite, their lives have been ruined. They yep. had to travel to Washington, D.C. Some of them were arrested coming out of a supermarket because you were parading in the Capitol. And they're like, what? Right? And But right. Jamal Bowman, and you impeded an pr- official proceeding. Well, Jamal Bowman, which it's it's an offense, I think it's a crime to pull a fire alarm because everybody's got to come. Like, that's a big deal. And some people got charged who just walked in through an open door, took a bunch of pictures, and, and left. And their lives have been ruined.
5: Right. It is an embarrassment and a tragedy. What our government has been allowed to do to yeah. the J-6 suspects for how long they've been held there, whatever happened in a 90-day trial law. And I know their lawyers are in some ways, you know, might be adding to the delays, whatever. But this – and for what turns out was nothing more than a college sit-in, basically, and a stroll around. It, it's just absolutely awful. But look at, you know, look at what they're doing to Elon Musk, okay? Last Friday right. – Big news, page one article: EEOC race discrimination uh, investigation of their uh, factory in Fremont, California. Well, they've got thousands of twenty thousand employees there. You got one employee said, so, "Oh, there was racist graffiti." That's one of the complaints cited. One thing out of twenty thousand workers. Look at uh, l- look at the uh, investigation of SpaceX for discriminating against refugees. Well, first of all, why should we want high tech SpaceX rockets? hiring refugees who don't even have permanent residence here yet. <laughs> but, but why would our government be in favor of that when other government rules and laws say you can't hire a non-immigrant, you have to you know, have an American bring his birth certificate to get to, to join your company, and yet they're going after him for that? Well, guess what? So that's SpaceX. These are real figures because I've been writing about this. So they, SpaceX got 1.1 million applications in four years, Mary, to fill 11,000 jobs and one worker with dual citizenship in Austria and Canada complained with the Justice Department or the EEOC and said, hey, they asked me about my uh, citizenship status. Well, first of all, I think any employer should be allowed to ask to make sure they don't hire the wrong type of person. But, but second of all, one complaint out of one million applications in four years, and the government goes after Elon Musk and SpaceX yeah. on the slim yeah. case.
2: It's unbelievable. We got to leave it at that, Dennis Neal. Thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation. Find him uh, on Twitter at Dennis Neal K N E A L E and catch his podcast. What's bugging me? You can find all the information there on his Twitter page. Anything else? So I got much, it all.
5: Mary, take care. That's wonderful. all right. Take
2: care. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll get to your calls coming up. One 6680 Looking for updates of what's come what's going on in the courtroom with Donald Trump. I haven't. Um, Oh, yeah. okay. so I've got it. I've got an update for you on that. There's other things I want to try to get to, but this this case is kind of like the big news of the day. So I do have an update for you on Donald Trump in that courtroom in New York. I'll bring that to you next. Mary Walter with you uh, in for Rob Carson. Quick update from uh, Donald Trump. Uh, in the courtroom, there, he apparently went after the judge during a lunch recess. Now, here's the thing love Trump? You can't control him. You cannot control the man. And he has every right to be raging. But I wonder if going after the judge and making it personal, because he's getting all these reports back, just make the judge go, Oh, really? You really like Trump Tower? It's mine. I'm going to destroy you, little man. He's not, you know, whereas the judge might have given him a little leeway before the judges. He Trump just he's just going after him and Trump going to Trump. He said uh, the judge is a Democrat and an operative In a brief appearance in front of reporters. He stated this is a rigged court. He also took aim at Letitia James, labeling her a radical left attorney general. Those things are true, though. You know kind of true. Uh, he said, this rogue judge refuses to acknowledge that we won 80% of this case in the appellate division. He claimed that N- N- Goron has contempt for his own court system. The judge is wrong. The judge is wrong in his ruling. He said Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million. It's worth at least a billion, maybe $1.5 All right, well, I don't know if it's worth that much. Uh, Trump's lawyers had previously pointed to James's promises to voters that she would get Trump if elected, that should throw the whole thing out of court. I would think I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. But if the person who's prosecuting me, who brings up a case that no one complained about, wasn't a case, no victims, everybody involved in the in exchange was totally happy. Wasn't a crime like it's fine. And but they said, well, I'm going to get her. I'm going to. Don't you think that that would automatically say the judge in that case would say, well, this is a little biased here. This probably shouldn't be. But the judge is biased as well. I mean, and and he's mugging for the camera and grinning and taking his glasses off and shrugging and making weird, funny faces. I'm like, this is not a serious person. We've become a banana republic. This is our first banana republic trial. Watch the video. It's, it's kind of creepy. So, um, yeah, up and there's an incoming update. If it's any good, if it's anything good, I will get back to you on the other side with more coming out of that court work courtroom uh, with Donald Trump on the Rob Carson show
1: is the Rob Carson Show.
2: Welcome to the Rob Carson show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. Welcome one 800 6680 is my number. That's one 800 6680 Always welcome you to join me and you can disagree with me. That's fine. I actually enjoy it. I, I think we can maybe learn something from each other. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, having your, your thoughts challenged is, is good, but got to be respectful. No name calling, no yelling, no no we, we can't filibuster, you know, each other. You've asked me a question, you make a point, I'm gonna respond, and then you can respond, and it'll be like an adult conversation of of old. Remember those back in the day? So I, I welcome that. You can find me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. And just a reminder, today between four thirty and five o'clock, actually four thirty five, Eastern Time, I will be on uh, the, the Chris Salcedo Show on Newsmax TV, yeah, the Mondays with Mike and Mary, Michael Reagan, uh, so we'll be there. And then tomorrow at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time is my podcast, Mary Walter Radio. It's live on YouTube and Getter. Just look for Mary Walter Radio on either one of those two. And you can join us, you can comment, and and the comments come up on the screen and we will react to them and we'll bring you in. And sometimes we talk politics, But we also like to talk things that aren't political at all. Sometimes we had a discussion last week about full frontal mm -hmm, and a dating show, and we had a blast with that. So uh, you never know what it's going to be. And sometimes we get off on tangents and we have all these things prepared and we don't talk about any of it. Uh, so we, we enjoy it. and you can get the audio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify again. Just look for Mary Walter Radio. But join us live uh, tomorrow night seven fifteen on YouTube and or Getter, however you choose. So just a couple things: the whole Jamal Bowman thing. I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about it. There are just no new updates. I think pretty much everyone knows the story by now that he, you know, he pulled the the fire alarm, and uh, and there is is now. There was one thing that I don't know if if you saw, but according to a capital source, capital sources, they told Breitbart News exclusively, multiple sources familiar with the investigation, that Bowman ripped two signs down and threw them on the ground. Now, if you look at the pictures of the doors, right, so there's a double door. And it has some pushy things, you know, like maybe most buildings just push on that big bar and the door opens. Two red signs, a double door, one on each door. And these signs were big. The, these were, you know, 12 inches, if not higher, tall. And they're the hard plastic things and white. And then there was a standing sign in front of it about, you know, six feet in front of the two double doors that says emergency use only. On the wall to the left, the only thing on the wall... There was a box that you need a key to get into, like a, a fuse box or something. And there's a, a, a red thing that says fire. And we've all seen them on, on walls. And you know that if you know from the time you're like in kindergarten that you never touch that thing, we can't reach it. But once you get older in grade school and you get to that age where you can reach those things, you're told you never push that. You never pull that because the police are going to come and arrest you. And when I was a kid, they told us that a dye would spray out from it so that they knew who pulled it. And we were all fascinated and shocked and we all bought it hook, line and sinker and believed it. So brilliant when you think about it when when I was a child. So you never pull that. But we know he did. Now, according to these multiple sources telling Breitbart News, he ripped down the signs and then threw them on the ground first. Sources familiar with the investigation provided Breitbart with photos of the scene of the alleged crime after the emergency door had been restored After the damage Bowman did to it, in the photos of the double doors with glass windows, there are clearly two giant red signs, like I told you about, that say, and they said, emergency exit only. And there were instructions, push, push that that, that bar, until alarm sounds. And it says three seconds. It'll take three seconds for the alarm to sound. Door will unlock in 30 seconds because it's an emergency exit. And there's that sign, as I said, on the stand in front of it, and the fire alarm on the left wall. The photograph of Bowman pulling the fire alarm, which the Capitol Police re- released publicly, show the two red signs that are normally affixed to the door are no longer there. Now, I've seen various pictures with the signs and without the signs, so I don't know what's going on. But people put stuff up that are altered, and they say like, "Oh no, this is real." And you're like, "No, mm, I don't know." So. Uh, So I've seen both Uh, a source familiar with the matter said that Bowman casually walked up to the door, ripped the emergency signs off and threw them on the ground. Then he leaned into the door and tried to open it. Then he pulled the fire alarm. When the fire alarm begins going off, he turned around and ran, going down to the first floor of Cannon and exited out of a different door and made his way across the street to vote. At no point did he say to anyone, sorry, this is a mistake, or sorry, I pulled the fire alarm by mistake, or anything like that. He didn't say anything to anyone until he was confronted by Capitol Police later. By doing so, he caused a whole building to be evacuated. Capitol Police and Emergency Services need to treat any alarm like a real threat until they know otherwise. According to the sources, he did not wait the 30 seconds that the signs said you had to wait for the emergency door to open and he clearly did not follow the instructions on the emergency signs. But here's the thing, and maybe I'm just a cynic, nothing's gonna happen to him. Nothing is going to happen to him. He's not gonna be held to the same standard as you or I would because he's part of the ruling elite. And the fact that we just kind of like accept the yeah, well, the ruling elite, I don't believe that Kevin McCarthy has the guts to do anything to him or demand that something be done to him. I just don't. I think Matt Gates would, but I don't think Kevin McCarthy would. I, I Kevin McCarthy, way too spineless. Matt Gates, like a little bit too much testosterone, like if the two of them could like combine their forces, they would be like the perfect, in my humble opinion, politician. You know what I mean? Know when to be soft, but then really know when to fight fire with fire. Nancy Pelosi would, if this were the reverse, he would be in leg irons. He'd be in the deplorable jail by now because no one's above the law. They'd all be screaming, no one's above the law. But they know they're going to get away with it. So there's nothing wrong with what he did in their eyes. They were trying to delay the vote because they didn't want it going through because the continuing resolution doesn't have money for Ukraine in it. And they want money for the 51st state, as uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene put it. That's what they want. And that money's not in there. So they were trying to delay the vote. You had Hakeem Jeffries, who was filibustering. And so he delayed it. That is interference with the political process, right? With the legislative process. And there are people in jail who had their lives ruined because of that. Because they walked through doors that were open on the Capitol, some of them being held open by Capitol Police. They walked in, took a picture in the rotunda, turned around and left. And they were like arrested coming out of a grocery store by the FBI, by a SWAT team. And they were charged with parading and interfering with the legislative process and trespassing and all these things. They didn't know they were trespassing. But Jamal Bowman's claims, you know, he didn't know that you shouldn't pull the fire alarm. Really? Really? If it's okay for those people to be charged and have to spend money on lawyers and have to travel to washington d c and lose many of them lost jobs, etc and, and and some of them did jail time. Some of them had to like recant allegiance to Donald Trump, had to write letters recanting uh, hand to God true uh, had had to do that you know, you know like a re-education thing um, but we're supposed to believe that Jamal Bowman didn't know that you shouldn't pull the fire alarm. And it was really just a legitimate mistake. And he's going to walk and these other people don't. How do you not get angry at that? How can people applaud that and sit by and go, yeah, well, you know, it's okay. I don't understand. I don't care if you're left or right. How do you applaud that? Because I got news for you. It's going to happen to you. A lot of people who, who don't care about any of this are like, yeah, well, I'm not going to pull the alarm. Like, okay, that's not the point. The point is, is someday you may be accused of something and and have the book thrown at you and somebody else is going to walk just because you're of the wrong political party. Just because you're with the right political party, you're with the party right now, you think it's great. Study history because they eventually come after everybody. Just because you think they're going to eat you last, mm, they're going to get you. 1-800-922-6680. 1-800-922-6680. Hey, let's talk to Victor in Silver Spring. Victor, how wonderful to hear you. Welcome to The Rob Carson Show. How are you, my friend?
1: Oh, I'm mourning the loss of my best girl. She passed away on September the 8th from heart failure.
2: Oh, no, I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, she was a mega girl, and I'm going to really miss her.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm re- really, I, I, my condolences, babe. I, I, that, That's terrible. I'm sorry.
1: Anyhow, what I wanted to talk about today is I want to add on to this free speech thing that you started talking about. The Democrats have not given up on trying to shut down conservative talk radio, and they want to bring back the fairness doctrine, but they're going to call it the civility doctrine to get around this and make it sound better. So I just wanted to alert you, uh, everybody, they're going to try and take away talk radio. I hope they're not successful, but they're going to keep trying.
2: No, they are going to keep trying. You're 100%. And I love, you know, great point that you just made. They're going to call it uh, the Civility Act, you know, because they're so civil. You know, they're masters at the language, and we allow them to control our language. We adopt their words, like the term hate speech. There's no such thing as hate speech. Stop it. You know, like oh well, we have a category. You know, the First Amendment is for free speech, and and gone are the days when you say I can, I'll disagree with you, but I'll fight. You know, to the, for your right to say it. Those days are gone. in the, In the span of like not even ten years, suddenly we all agree that there's a category of speech that you're not allowed to say. Like like everyone has free speech, but you know if you're white, you're not allowed to say these words. There's a whole list of words that white people aren't allowed to say. And then of course, if you're a conservative, you are just espousing hate speech and. And so, therefore, you're a Nazi yeah. and I get to punch you, you know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It, it is crazy.
1: Um, and I'm blind, so I wonder what words I'm allowed to say or what I'm not allowed to say because I don't know if you're black or white.
2: Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, you're the ultimate non-racist because you literally don't see color, right? So, Victor, thank to, you for calling anymore. me. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling me. And again, uh, my condolences. I'm super sorry for your loss. Um, that makes me very sad. And may God bless you and help your heart to heal. And, and I'm sure she she is um, with God in heaven and she's out of pain and, and doing great. So Victor, thank you uh, for sharing. It was really good to talk to you, even though uh, you have sad news. Have a great day and enjoy your week. Thank weekend. you. All right, enjoy your week. Okay, coming up uh some news out of California. I've got ser- two different stories out of California which are insanely I I'm just crazy every I keep saying things are insane. This is crazy. Because just when I think that I've heard it all, something else comes up. And I'm like, and, and I, I almost fell out of my chair when I when I saw this this morning and I'm going to share it with you because I'm laughing, but it's really not funny. But if you don't laugh at it, what what are you going to do about it? it's what I, I guarantee you, this is something you have not heard so I will bring that up to you next And somebody's gonna call and go I heard that uh, but that's next on the Rob Carson show Mary Walter sitting in for Rob Carson on this Monday Rob will be back with you tomorrow my number is 1-800-922-6680 coming up Liz Peek will be joining us yeah she's out of the subway <laughs> she, uh, she was supposed to be with us on Friday, and she got stuck in that deluge in, in New York City on a subway so, subway car, so she couldn't join us. But she's back. She's been she has been freed, as Gregory pointed out to me on Twitter. Thank you at Mary Walter Radio. So, uh, Diane Feinstein, which by the way, did you see how many millions she left her daughter? So like over a hundred million in real estate. She had a private jet, sixty million in a private jet all this other stuff. Man, I want to be a senator. They got the best savings account plan in their bank ever. That congressional bank—they give great returns on their savings. It's crazy. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom has de- has named a Democratic strategist to replace Dianne Feinstein. Now, uh, uh, he had said that he was gonna he was gonna place a black woman in, in any Senate seat that became vacant. So it's got to be a black woman because we have to check the boxes. Uh, As opposed to putting someone who's qualified to do the job, you know, we got to check the boxes. Now, they have an election for that seat is coming up in November of next year. Now, Barbara Lee uh, said that the pledge is insulting to black women because the appointment is going to be temporary ahead of the primary. And she is running for Feinstein's seat. And so she said the idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across the country who have already carried the Democratic Party to victory election after election. And she's running. And I think I think Adam Schiff is going to is another name. (laughs) Shifty Schiff is is in there. His name is in there. Uh, as well as somebody who was running and somebody else. Um, I can't remember the other person who who is, who is in there. And Barbara Lee is uh, a black woman. So she said, well, this is this is insulting. Now, Newsom said he would not choose someone who's already running because he wanted to avoid giving one candidate an unfair edge over the other. Uh, the other woman's Katie Porter who's running. That's it, Katie Porter is running. So he didn't want to give anybody an unfair edge of the people who said that they're going to run for the seat. So he chooses a, um, a woman named Lafonza Butler to fill the seat. Now, Lafonza Butler has never... Uh, been elected to office so he's putting her in the Senate hmm and she's going to be there for over a year a little bit over a year 13 months she's going to be there and she's never been elected to office uh, she's been involved in, in politics for years she served as a senior advisor to Car- uh, President Vice President Kamala Harris's 2020 presidential campaign she worked at a political firm with strategists who have worked for Governor Newsom and other prominent California Democrats she has worked, she was a labor leader with the SEIU, so she's an activist. She checks all the boxes, female, black, activist, you know, check, 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 check. Well, the one box she doesn't check, oh, and she, and she, uh, she leads Emily's List, which is a political organization that works to elect Democratic women who support abortion. And the problem is, is that um, she lives in Silver Spring, Maryland. She doesn't live in California. Uh, and, uh, her, Emily's List biography had her listed living in Silver Spring, Maryland, but that was removed from her profile shortly after it was announced that she would be appointed to the position and an FEC filing from August. She also showed her living in Maryland, but you know, Hillary Clinton carpetbagged all the way out to Chappaqua. So why can't this woman do it with California? Now, apparently according to Fox, she does own a house in LA, but doesn't live there. Okay. So that's that. Now, the other thing that I told you, I had a story that you hadn't heard. I, I don't think you hadn't heard because I almost fell out when I heard this. Apparently, in Anaheim, California... Uh, excuse me, Alameda. So there's Alameda uh, there's Alameda's an island off of Oakland, off the coast of Oakland. So uh, there, there's an estuary there. And that estuary right now is littered with sunken wrecks and derelict end-of-life vessels, and crime has risen to intolerable levels according to the people who live in Alameda. Because... We have pirates now. Joe Biden, you know, because he's creating jobs, has apparently created piracy. Pirates are now a thing. Hand to God true. You can't tell me that you knew that pirates were now a thing. We haven't seen pirates since like the 1700s. That's why we have the Marines, the shores of Tripoli, because of the pirates. And they weren't even here. They were over there. Pirates. California, of course, in California. Since this summer, burglars have been using small boat boat homes to, that they steal to raid yachts and houseboats in the Oakland Alameda Estuary, which is populated by marinas. There's over 3,000 slips, and they steal anything of value. And then they either sink the ships or they dump whatever's left of the boats in the um, Oakland Estuary a couple miles away or along the shore. One person who spoke anonymously, because she's afraid of retaliation, said that last week she heard faint calls in the distance in the estuary, and it was pitch black, and they were yelling, help me, please, please, anybody help me. So she takes a kayak out there with a headlamp, and there's a sailboat that's just drifting. And with the kayak, she towed it back to shore. On board was a panic-terrified young man. One of the pirates boarded him, cut his sail lines during an argument so he couldn't sail, stole everything of value, and then just set him adrift. Drift. this is what's happening we're one step away from keel hauling and i joke but th- this is cr- this is the insane times in which we live This is the lawlessness that is now existing to the point of piracy where you can't live on a boat without fear of being boarded. But you're not allowed to have a firearm now, right? Especially in California. So they just take everything from you, steal your boat, and they just drop you overboard or they sent you adrift. Crazy. Liz Peek joining us next to try to make sense of all of this madness here on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter, in for Rob Carson here on this Monday on The Rob Carson Show. Rob is back with you uh, tomorrow. Now, on the Newsmax hotline, it is Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, columnist for Fox News and The Hill, follower on Twitter at Liz Peek, P-E-E-K. Liz, welcome. Glad we finally got you on.
7: Uh, I'm delighted, and I'm so sorry about the other day when I was, (laughs) you know, wandering around New York in the in the tidal wave. Uh, but anyway, I'm delighted to join you.
2: <laughs> well, several people did text to, see, to, to hope that you have dried out.
7: <laughs> yeah, I mean, eight and a half or whatever it was, inches of rain in one day, it was pretty challenging for the city, for my apartment, which flooded, for the subways that flooded. Honestly, Mary, it was a deluge. And, you know, this city is too, everything's too old in New York City to withstand that kind of Natural assault. Uh, so it was not a pleasant day, I have to say.
2: Yeah, no, it was not. We've got a ceiling that needs to be to come down, a wall that needs to come to two walls that need to come down, and a uh. chimney that needs to be <laughs> needs to be worked on. It was it was absolutely out of control. But yeah, people were worried about you in the subway. So uh, <laughs> so you. we're yeah we're glad we're we're absolutely glad you're okay. Um, so let, let's start off with what is going on because I look to you to make sense of the news because all I keep saying as we do as I do the show today is this is crazy this is insane we're just talking about the fact that there's pirates now off the coast of Oakland there's pirates people they're 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 boarding houseboats and they're taking the houseboat they're taking everything of value and then they're they're setting these people adrift or taking the houseboat and and it, pirates and they can't do the, they can't do anything about it they can't defend themselves they're not allowed to do anything it's crazy
7: well. Mary, when there's no accountability, no law enforcement, when you basically condone theft by telling people in California that anything up to $1,000 is a misdemeanor slap on the wrist to be received, why does anyone have any respect for the rule of law? The answer is across the country, people are losing their respect for the rule of law. And by the way, uh, all they have to do is kind of look at what's happening at our southern border, which is completely lawless. Where the president is basically said, come on in to absolutely anybody who wants to enter our country illegally. I mean, I know this is an old saw, but the truth is it's it's unimaginable uh, that our president has simply let down the barriers to entry into our country. So, you know, I, I, I mean, it's kind of like anything goes these days, you know, it's extraordinary to me.
2: Well, this is this is what happens in a third world country. A lot of, and this is near a homeless encampment in Oakland. So it's Mm -hmm. no surprise that you know some of these people do come from countries where piracy is a thing. So they know what they're doing. So I never thought I would hear me say, "Well, we have a piracy, we have a pirate problem in America, (laughs) right? Uh, We've got a pirate problem." on the upside, Joe Biden is creating jobs, so there there yeah, is there that. <laughs> so l- let's go to the courtroom in in uh, New York where Donald Trump is sitting there in a in a civil case. Now, my take on this is it's a civil case because the st- the uh, pr- burden of proof is much lower than it is in a criminal case. So they didn't charge him criminally with fraud. They went after him civilly. And this is old. This is paperwork that was done a long time ago. This is this is old. And, um, well, let me ask you, what is your take on it? Because I have a lot of questions. What's your take on this?
7: Well, I think the case being brought against Donald Trump uh, looks preposterous. And the reason is that he is accused, of course, of inflating the asset values of his properties um, and and basically committing fraud. And Mary, I got to tell you, everybody I know uh, in New York who's in finance or in the real estate business looks at this and says you got to be kidding. This is what everybody does in the real estate business. No one uh, expects a lender, for example, who who is on the other side of the table when Donald Trump says, "Oh, this property is worth a billion dollars." On the other side of the table, presumably is a lender Somebody who has some financial interest in using that number, right I mean that 's why this is of any importance whatsoever, do you not think that that lender comes up with his own estimates that he expects the real estate developer to inflate the value of his properties, etc i you know uh, I just think this whole thing is kind of crazy what's really crazy is that this judge uh, basically withdrew his license to operate in New York and now may Apparently, be able to take possession of his properties in New York, which are worth, I assume, millions and millions of dollars. So, this, I, I I can't make sense of it. I think it's really insulting um, to again the rule of law to have this among the many things that now Donald Trump is being harassed about. Uh, I can't imagine this will stand. This is not a jury trial. This is a judge, uh, and I you know it, I'm assuming whatever the judgment is, will be appealed. And and I think probably this is true of some other uh, Trump cases as well. And he's going to be just basically tied up in the courts forever. You know, none of this is cheap. I mean, and, and when Joe Biden yells about threats to democracy, Joe Biden is the one trying to put in jail his number one political opponent. If that is not the biggest threat to democracy you can see on the horizon here, I don't know what is. I mean, I I just I find this whole situation offensive. And guess what? It's not working for Joe Biden. It's not working for the people going after Donald Trump, because almost every week we see him move higher in the polls, not lower. And boy, is he beating the pants off of Joe Biden right now in any hypothetical matchup. So, you know, um, call me crazy. I, I just think this is a fool's errand on the part of Democrats, if they're so sure that Donald Trump is evil incarnate and that voters hate him, why don't they just wait till October and let him run?
2: Yeah. But but see, isn't this isn't that what this is about, though? Joe Biden said that he would make sure that Donald Trump never ran for president again.
7: He said that I know. Yeah, I know he did. And, you know, we have other uh, we have judges and district attorneys who have pledged their uh, who have campaigned on basically taking it to Donald Trump. It's it's pretty extraordinary. But again, uh, Joe Biden's entire message to Americans is, I know you agree with me that this man is a huge threat to democracy, and, and he's so presumptuous of Trump's bad ideas, bad policies, and, and disapproval. Again, run against the man and see if it doesn't, satisfy your problem, because in November next year, voters will have a chance. It's likely they'll have a chance to decide who's the better president. My guess is it won't be Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, and and to that point, there is the Morning Consults annual state of the party survey, and the key takeaways just very quickly, voters are now more likely to see the Republican Party as capable of governing, tackling big issues and keeping the country safe compared to the Democrats. By a 9-point margin, voters also see the Democratic Party as more ideologically extreme than the GOP. Yeah. That's a big one. And the trends against the Democratic Party are largely driven by worsening perceptions among their own voter base which suggests that the party will have to rely more than ever on negative partisanship in order to keep control of the White House. But I guess, you know, as as more people are starting to see the Democrats as extreme, which, you know, I, I do, I think uh, a lot of people do, they are uh, Republicans are seen as being able to keep the country safe. Democratic voters are increasingly saying that their party is stale. Not good Not good numbers or good news for the Democrats, but do they yeah. go to Trump or do they go to Bobby Kennedy Jr.?
7: Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, we'll see. I think if, uh, if Kennedy comes in the race as an independent, uh, Democrats take a big hit. There's no question in my mind. Um, I don't think too many Republicans are going to vote for RFK Jr. Uh, but look, I mean, he has made the case, and I thought rather cleverly in the beginning of his campaign, that he was running as a sort of traditional Democrat and, you know, would, would question things like, since when is the Democratic Party the party of war? Since when do Democrats support right. Big Pharma? Well, guess what? This Democratic Party does do those things. Uh, and I think they've lost touch with their sort of traditional roots. And somebody who comes along with that message is going to clobber them.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I have to say, though, I do fear, you know, the, the never Trumpers, people who voted for Trump in 2016 and for whatever reason have just lost their mind over him. You know, he's mean, he's this, he's that, you know, the, the usual um, voting for Bobby Kennedy because, you know, he's nice.
7: Oh, oh, I don't disagree at all. But those aren't the people who are going to determine this election. I mean, I think, you know, if you take Democrats and all never Trumpers and put them in one cup, yeah, that's what happened in 2020. But in, in 2024, presumably, there will be a Democrat candidate. So if you split that vote, then I think Republicans win.
2: Interesting. Interesting. It's gonna, I, I hope so, you know, because I, I just can't with another four years of Joe But I, I just can't. Well, with
7: I, I think there's so many things that are really profoundly troubling about this presidency and the way the party is moving. Uh, the New York Times had a front page article the other day about how this uh, sort of um, industrial mandate and industrial management from the White House taking over via executive fiat and agency powers more and more of our government and also our industries, that's the beginning. Joe Biden has a whole stack of policies that he wants to roll out, largely having to do with climate, but not entirely that, in his second term. So this what we've seen is the government, basically, the government footprint growing and growing, and all more and more industries being basically subjected to sort of whimsical and sometimes really contradictory uh, government fiat. And I think that's going to go into hyperspeed in the next four years. This is really bad for uh, a private enterprise system, which is theoretically what we have. You cannot have Joe Biden deciding what kind of automobiles we're going to make and what kind of power plants we're allowed to build and whether or not you can do this and that. That's what's going to happen more and more. And I I really fear that almost more than anything, Mary. And of course, the open open border, which just makes me insane. I I cannot understand how, how voters will put up with that.
2: I I I just don't know. I, I think by the time it hits it's gonna be like immigration, yes, we're Sanctuary City and then they start coming to New York City and now well, all of a sudden they're not so big about it. they didn't see it coming. You know, they, they yeah. there's there's a certain group of people who can't think ahead And they they only live in the moment. And it's not until you uh, whack them upside the head with reality that they go, oh, this isn't that good. By then, the horse is out of the barn. By then, they're living in your neighborhood and their kids are in your school and you're paying for them. And now you're upset. Oh, well, you voted for it. You know, it's it's like Philadelphia with the riots near Rittenhouse Square, which is a really swanky area. That's a very liberal area. You voted for this. So it takes it it coming to their doorstep for them to finally figure it out.
7: I agree 100 percent. And it is coming to their doorstep and on the migrant issue. Uh, you know, kudos to Governor Abbott uh, and to a lesser degree, DeSantis, uh, for putting some of these guys. And by the way, the president's done this too, um, putting these people on buses and sending them to Philadelphia and Chicago. And yes, New York, because people are now incensed when it brings when it comes home to your pocketbook, your kids, school, mm-hmm. your rents. Etc. Then you begin to pay attention. Otherwise, who cares about some small town in Texas? Nobody really cares about that. You hear about these towns being overwhelmed with people. So what? They'll manage. You know what? This is a city of 8 million. We have 100,000 migrants and people are going bananas, rightly so, because it's a mess and we can't afford it. But think of the numbers of people who have lodged themselves into Texas uh, in towns that are tiny, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they've got 20,000 people on their streets, it's, it's unacceptable. And the fact that this administration's let it happen, continues to let it happen, honestly, it blows
2: yeah. my mind. Uh, quick question uh, before I run out of time here. Should I be rooting for Matt Gates or Kevin McCarthy? <laughs> That's
7: a tricky one. Look, I think, uh, unfortunately, I find myself torn because Matt Gates is absolutely right to yell and scream and try and do something about federal spending. That's the problem. The problem with Matt Gates and his band merry band of, of uh, you know, fiscal bomb throwers is they never seem to have any solutions. They never, for example, in the big squabble over who should be Speaker of the House, they never had a candidate, if you remember. So the Kevin McCarthy survived all those votes and became Speaker of the House. I think politically it was good thing that McCarthy kept the government open. I think also not funding Ukraine, I, I don't think that's such a horrible thing because, gov- uh, you know, Joe Biden just keeps demanding twenty billion here, twenty billion there for war- the war in Ukraine, and yet we never hear from him. We don't have any idea of what the plan is or what the end game is. Well, we can't keep doing this forever. <laughs> the amazing thing is, Joe Biden's reaction to the uh, squabble over Ukraine is to say, well. You know, this is an extreme bunch of MAGA Republicans who are opposing this. Mary, 55 percent in a CNN poll the other day said they oppose more aid to Ukraine. He's lost this argument. He needs to come out and re-up the argument. If he wants more money from American taxpayers to go to Ukraine, by the way, just like everybody says, protecting citizens there as opposed to citizens here, Let's see what he has to say about it. I mean, let's have a press conference where not just a prescribed group of 5 people get to ask him questions, but anyone can ask him. What's up in Ukraine? Is it protected? Is our investment being squandered and looted as it, you know, we have pandemic relief, 200 billion dollars goes missing. What about all yeah. the money we're spending to Ukraine? I mean, there's a lot to answer here, and the president has refused to do that. So, it's on his head that there's no more money right now for mm. Ukraine.
2: Yeah. Liz, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to get you on because you you just really can, you've got your finger on the pulse of pretty much everything. So thank you for that. And I'm again, glad you're safe, sound and dry. Uh (laughs) I'm sorry to hear about your apartment that got flooded. Sorry about the apartment, but uh, thank you very much. Have a great week. Uh, Appreciate it. That's Liz Peek here. Follow her on Twitter at Liz Peek, P-E-E-K. All right we got more coming up. 1 800 922 6680. If you want to jump in on The Rob Carson Show. All right, if you want to join me, 1 800 922 6680. Anything we talked about, you are more than welcome to do so. Still waiting for an update out of the courtroom uh, in Manhattan. Uh, no cameras in there right now so we've got nothing going on no updates there but I do keep checking for you and I'm, I'm also on the tweeter looking for it Uh one thing I wanted to share with you is uh quickly here if you want to comment a new poll out by the Kaiser Family Foundation they're based out of California they have a COVID-19 vaccine monitor of course they do poll because everybody's got to know your status I love when you go to the doctor now they're like are you vaccinated I'm like well of course I have all my vaccines what, 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 what was... But they're only talking about one. They don't care about the other ones. You ever notice that? When was the last time we walked into a doctor's office and they said, Do you ever, are you up on your measles vaccines? They don't ask you that. Mm-mm. It's only about the C. It's all they care about. And they found that among U.S. adults, 52% say they will probably or definitely not get the new COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, you know, Joe Biden's out there saying everybody should get it. We should get this new vaccine. Everybody's out there. Now I know people, I do, I kid you not, I know people who are like on their fifth or sixth injection. That's, and that's fine. I don't care. You do you. What you pump it, it's not going to affect me at all. So if that makes you feel good and that makes you feel safe, that's fine. You know, And but I'm going to do me and you respect me. I think that that's only fair. I've got more on this. I'd love your feedback. 1-800-922-6680, the new COVID vaccine. Maybe you got the other ones. you going to get this one? Are you going to put it into your routine of like flu and everything else? Or maybe you, you know, stepping back a little bit. 1-800-922-6680. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Walter in for Rob Carson. Last uh, couple seconds here of the show. Thank you so much uh, to everyone, to Lee and uh, to Brian and to Ken uh, for making this happen. Appreciate it, Rob. Thank you for letting me sit in the seat. Rob Carson is back with you tomorrow. Yes, Rob is back. Don't forget to catch me tonight on Newsmax TV 435 on the Chris Salcedo Show. And follow me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Have a fantastic week, everybody.